Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I'm always amazed how the Holy Spirit um, pulls things together, you know. We've, we haven't discussed things or... Um, talked about things in advance, but it all kind of comes together in one stream. And I was thinking about uh, what Pastor Paul said, laboring and toiling and being annoyed, not being able to enter a rest. And um, how Nick uh, talked about um, the, the, the poverty of friendships today, you know, the poverty of friendships um, and how men can get caught up in their work and other commitments and forget about connection, you know, get caught up in all of that. And wonderful to hear the interview with Jeff um, talking about mentoring, uh, you know, how he spoke fondly about his own mentor and how he himself is, a, is beginning the process of mentoring young people. And in a, in a sense, all of these things tie into what I was planning to share in the next session, which is sonship, you know, our identity. What is our identity as men? Um, <clears throat> I, I guess when we look at Scripture, we find, um, you know, the Bible talks about an angel um, <clears throat> who was created a powerful very beautiful ministering angel in the presence of God who one day decides that perhaps he could do a better job than God could um, and then leads a rebellion um, and is cast down and becomes the devil. And when you think about the devil, he was in the presence of love, eternal love, no better place to be. But he chose to sever his connection with his creator, you know, and to go independent, self-reliant, is what occurs there. And I believe this, uh, this uh, dynamic that resulted as, as, as a result of what he did, one could call oftenness to separate oneself from God, to be independent of Him, and to function as if we are an autonomous being, is to live as an orphan. Think about it. All of creation is created to be dependent on God, to draw our source of strength uh, from Him. But when we cut ourselves off him and operate as independent operators like the devil does, we live from a spirit of orphanness. Is this making sense? To, yeah. And I want to talk about that a bit today. If we look at our world system, our economic, socio-political systems, they are all created out of a sense of orphanness. You know, we don't, we may 
intellectually acknowledge there is a God somewhere, but for all practical purposes, we are the masters of our destiny. We are running the show. We've got to make it happen. That's, the, that's, the, that's what uh, we absorb from our culture around us. We've got insurances today, haven't we? To cover every possible risk so that we are never caught out uh, and never in a situation of vulnerability. We've covered all the bases, everything's taken care of, even prenuptial agreements. So if the relationship collapses, we've got that all worked out here. That's oftenness playing itself out. And yet scripture says that he is Jehovah Jireh, he provides. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He takes me to the streams, he takes me to the green pastures. He provides, he nourishes, he blesses, he sets a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Totally two systems or ways of thinking and operating. And unfortunately, as Christians, we are not immune to oftenness. And I see that in my own life, even though I accepted the Lord in my 20s, I had a connection with Jesus, but when it came to the Father, he was like someone distant. You know, it's like, Father, I don't know. You know, who is that? And perhaps that had to do with my relationship with my own father. And, and, and I, I want us to consider today what is the identity that we are living from? And I don't mean intellectually. If we could videotape our life for a week and we observed how we were living our lives, what is the identity that we are living from? What would it show on this tape? Would it show that we are living from an identity as a son? Or would it show us another identity? That's something for us to reflect on. I was a missionary for 16 years. Um, you can't get more spiritual than committing your life to, a, to missions and not receiving a salary for that time. Well, that's, that's a very spiritual person standing here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's dedication, that's commitment. That's pretty serious stuff. And not just me, my wife and son, moving countries and, you know, serving God. But a day came when I realized that I am not living as a son. I am doing mission work, but what is actually driving me? You know, why am I doing this? What is the place that I'm coming from? There was a lot of fear, you know. There was, there was wrong ideas about God, trying to make him happy, get his approval. It wasn't out of sonship. I was definitely not operating out of the heart of a son. That is, that is fundamental. 
even before jesus started his ministry the father said this is my beloved son in whom i am pleased but you know the world today that we live in says perform then we will say good job our approval in our culture in this world depends on how well we can perform how well we can deliver and if you can't deliver you are put aside on the scrap heap it wasn't when jesus finished his ministry jesus son you did well fantastic you raised people from the dead and did all this stuff i'm proud of you son he said i'm proud of you just because you are my son don't need to do nothing you know well that's not good english um but uh, you know and he didn't say that um but i think it is important for us to consider because i i did not live my life even though i was a christian from the heart of a son i bought into the illusions that the devil sells us and we buy into and i think paul touched on that our inability to enter into rest comes when we have bought into false identities that demand that we continuously prove that we are worthy of love continuously proving that we are significant we are important we are worthy will burn us out we will never enter into rest if we are continuously on a treadmill trying to prove i am good enough i am worthy of love i am significant and as men this is a huge trap for us i guess the other thing we have to consider is what are we basing our identity on you know is it a function or a role that we are performing that has now become our identity is my identity as a counselor is it as a teacher uh is it that i have qualifications or positions or power or influence or wealth what is it what what am i basing my identity on because all of those things are a doing identity we have to do and do and do and what happens when that role is removed what happens when the money disappears what happens when our health collapses and we are struck by an accident or have a disability gone the identity has gone but there is an identity that is based on being that we are sons nothing can take that away from us and that is the identity we must live from we must return to because there is a story uh in luke 15 about a young man who lived in his father's house enjoyed his father's generosity blessings and love but fell prey to the illusion that happiness was found in a distant land and so he went searching for fulfillment in a far away place and as i said it's an illusion and he was trapped and broken 
into pieces. But it says one day he came to his senses and he said, I have to return to my father's house. And I believe today the father is calling us. He wants us to come home. That's why Jesus came. He had one simple message. Father wants you home. Father wants you home. It is perhaps good for us to take some time to maybe reflect. Are we finding ourselves in a distant land? Are you tired, exhausted, carrying the world on your shoulders? Because that's how I lived my life. I was fried, I was burned out, I was exhausted. I was in ministry helping, doing, and doing, and doing, and trying to be a good Christian. And I was exhausted, exhausted. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Extraordinary. There were many, many needs before him. Thousands of people with thousands of needs. And he said, what the Father shows me, that I do. That is a person operating from rest. You know, when we, when we enter the place of rest, we are not scattered doing a million things. And many of these things we do so that we can feel good about ourselves. And we don't feel good our, about ourselves because we've bought into the lie that we have to continuously prove our worth. See? And as men, I think that's a, a huge trap for us because we are always told and sold that message. You are only as good as what you can perform, what you can produce. And so we buy into it and we labor and we strive and we struggle and we are not able to enter that rest. We are not able to come from the place of sonship. And I want to also throw in here the idea of comfort. And this is something I think that is equally tied in. Um, I never was aware of how important comfort is as a man, you know. But when I look at my life and I look at a, a, a day from morning till evening, as I go through this day, there are many things that's happening to me. I'm experiencing fear, I'm experiencing disappointment, I'm experiencing pain, I'm experiencing all kinds of emotions, some of which register and others don't. But at the end of the day, I need comfort. And the Bible acknowledges that comfort is an essential ingredient that human beings need. It talks about the father of all comfort. By the comfort we have received, we offer the same comfort to others. Like a mother comforts her child, I will comfort you. I read these scriptures, but it didn't make much sense to me. Because I didn't know how to find that comfort. And I think that is why pornography, I believe, is a multi-billion dollar industry. 
there are lots of men who are comfortless. They have no idea where to find comfort for their pain. They don't know where to turn to. And so when they look at porn, they are provided with instant comfort. Porn is very soothing. It's very comforting. I know, I watched it. It's powerful. It releases copious amounts of dopamine, which gives the illusion of comfort. But it also traps us, destroys our brain and our relationships. It kills us spiritually. It's lust. Lust is, is a counterfeit for comfort. And millions of millions of men are, find themselves trapped uh, looking for comfort. And perhaps we look for comfort in other places, food perhaps, or other addictions like gambling, or, or the high that comes when we've finished another project. You know, workaholism, the addiction that first pats you and then kills you. You know, and many of us in Christian ministry are very susceptible to this because it is a good cause. It's in the name of God, right? We are doing this. This is for God I'm doing. And it was a terrible place when I realized one day that it had nothing to do with God. It was me finding significance for myself. It's quite confronting to, to see those things, that I was doing all of this ministry so that I could be somebody. And the heart is subtle, it can shift, starts with a good motive, but along the way it loses its way and becomes something else. So it is very important for us to come back and look at where are we looking for comfort. I, I find it fascinating in that picture, when the son comes home, the father runs to him, throws his arms around him, holds him, kisses him, welcomes him. I don't know where you are. Are you living comfortless? Where do you turn to in your pain? Do you get angry? Is that a way in which you comfort yourself? Do you turn to some addictive processes to medicate your pain? Well, the Father says, come to Him. Come to Him, you know. And I have started finding comfort by coming back to the Father. Um, and it is only He who can provide that comfort for us. <clears throat> I guess, in a sense, um, we have to ask the question, how do we find comfort? Somebody was uh, talking to me during the break and said, um, you know, you, you are explaining these concepts, these principles, and I guess we have to find a way to put um, feet to this. We have to make this a daily reality. You know, otherwise they remain ideas, they remain concepts. And spiritual principles must be made practical so that, so that we can live them out on a daily basis. And so when I looked at comfort, and I thought, 
how, how, how is this practical? How do I do this? How do I access this? And I believe the Lord showed me um, a way in, in which this, this could happen. When I was living in Canberra, I was um, doing some work with one of the Baptist churches. And uh, my wife had started a ministry to marginalized women. And they would come every Tuesday and uh, have some pampering and uh, done for them. And they would learn some skills and things like that. And they would bring their little children with them. And the children would be looked after by the volunteers. And they would play in the sandpit and all of that stuff. And I was, you know, helping out with the kids along with some other church people. And one day, this little five-year-old, and, and Lyle was part of that uh, team too. Um, and one day... Uh, this little girl was playing with some other kids and she had made a sand castle and um, one of the boys um, as they do jumped on it and you know smashed it up she was uh, distressed and came running to me and uh, you know I, I kind of bent down and and I said oh what happened and, and she came and she threw her arms around me and I held her, and she said, oh, you know, this boy, he broke my sand castle. And, uh, and I said, oh, that's sad. And I just held her, and uh, she was, you know, holding me tight. And after what seemed like eternity to me, which was like two or three seconds, um, I started feeling terribly uncomfortable with this uh, scenario of holding this little girl uh, in, in this day and age, you know, that, that's, that's a bit tricky. Uh, what's going on here? Um, so I, I was very keen to let go and, uh, you know, for the girl to go back and play. And I said, oh, you, you right there? You know, you, you okay? And you want to go back and play? And she said, no. And she kept holding me. And I was like, wow, this is, this is really uncomfortable uh, for me. Uh, but I, I held her. I just held her. Uh, I don't know why. And I didn't push her away or tell her to go off. And she just kept standing there and holding me. And um, after a while, I again checked in with her. You know, are you okay to go and play? And she said no. And she kept holding me. And then her cry stopped. And she was quiet for a while. And then she let go. And she said, yeah, now I'm all good. And then she went off and she played. And I thought, wow, I have never forgotten this. This happened many years ago, but I've never forgotten this experience. And I've processed and thought about it. And I thought, what was happening in that interaction? This little girl, a very intuitive girl, knew that a rupture had occurred when that boy jumped and broke her castle. She felt pain. She knew she needed comfort. She went to the adult, that was me, who was there, allowed herself to be held, and intuitively knew that when I told her, is it okay, can you go, that she hadn't received adequate comfort. And she wasn't going to let go until her tank was full and she had been comforted. Amazing, amazing. And when she knew, yes, I am comforted, I can let go, 
and I can go re-engage with the world again. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. I believe we all are born with that capacity. God gives us to intuitively know how much we need from our mothers, and we get that. But over time, I think we lose that capacity or awareness, and then we don't know how much comfort we need. And many of us live in a state of distress, not really receiving the comfort that we need. Yeah. We have anxiety, continuous low-level anxiety that is operating always here. What's the, what's the antidote for anxiety? Perfect love casts out fear. We need that love. We have to access that love. If we don't get that love, if, we, if it is only an intellectual concept, we will find it in porn, in food, in lust, in work, in something else. We have to find it. There is no question whether oh, I, oh, comfort is an option. It's not an option. We will find it one way or the other. Are you with me? Yeah. And so, how, how do we on a practical basis find comfort? One of the things I think we have lost, um, particularly I think in the Christian world, is um, imagination. Our, with the fall, our imagination has also become corrupt. So we have, we have um, pictures, images in our mind that is always operating. Uh, there was a time in my life the, ima the images in my head were either lust, resentment, or fear. These are the scenarios that played. Oh, what is going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is he doing this to me? Then? Oh, I don't like this guy. And, you know, th this is the inner mental chapter that is going on inside. If you pause and just tune in, check in with your mind, what are the thoughts that's going on inside? You'll get an idea of the mental images that are being played on the screen of your mind. And I believe scripture is full of images. He is the potter, we are the clay. Is that an image? The Lord is the, my shepherd, I am the sheep. He is the bridegroom, we are the bride. Lots and lots and lots of imagery and pictures. And one of the things I have started doing is beginning to change the pictures in my head and bringing in more of these pictures so that I can connect with the Lord through that. One day my wife and I were having an intense conflict. And I was getting frightened as the intensity was rising. And it was all getting too heated up. And I suddenly visualized the Lord standing next to me with his arm on my shoulder. And I tell you, immediately my shoulders dropped. And I took two breaths of, ah, I am not alone. Many of us live with a deep feeling that we are alone, a deep loneliness. You know, yes, we are talking, connecting, doing that. But, you know, at the end, I just feel this loneliness deep inside. we got to remember we are not. The truth is He is with us. But we have to make it a daily practice. 
Brother Lawrence wrote a book, Practicing the Presence of God Daily. We have to consciously practice this, these images and draw nourishment from them. And that's what I do. I visualize the father. I visualize me as a little boy jumping on his lap and him holding me and me saying, Father, I'm scared. I need comfort. I feel lonely. Hold me. And I just stay with that picture like the little girl did till comfort comes. We need as Christian men to cultivate a rich imagination and transcend imaginative thinking that is filled with fear, resentment, lust, and all other things. Replace them with imagery from the word so that we can draw nourishment from it. Every morning in my prayers, I read Luke 15, particularly the Father's response. And then I visualize myself being held by the Father, putting that robe on me, the, sh the sandals and the ring on my finger. And I burn into my brain sonship. Sonship. I am a son. I am a son. Every morning, reminding throughout the day, various times, I am a son. That's my identity. That's where I should live from. That's where I want to live from. I want to end this session today. Perhaps we could, in faith, put our hands on our hearts and close our eyes as, I, as we come to the Father. Jesus came, he had one message for us. The Father wants you home. I don't know where you are. Are you in a distant land searching for significance, searching to prove your worth? Are you feeling lonely? Are you lacking comfort today? Then the call is, to return home. Father, we have not known a love like yours. We have searched in broken cisterns, looking for love here, there, everywhere. And yet, you have called us the beloved. You have said, my son, I am well pleased in you. We don't have to prove anything. We don't have to earn your love or work hard for it. We can simply enter your rest and receive. Father, you are loving us right here, right now. And you are pouring your love into our hearts. By faith, help us to open our hearts and to receive that love and the comfort that goes with it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.